Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and this is episode, I believe, 278. And I'm really excited to have everybody. I'm really excited to have Brad. And I'm excited to announce, um, so putting up, there is, I want to tell you about two things real quick at the beginning of the show, and then I'll tell you again at the end. It's kind of like sponsorships. These are affiliates that I have. And so I, these are two products that I use all the time. So I use the Divi to build websites. It's completely customizable. So I'm going to share with you this link. So if, if you I go to bit.ly, bit.ly slash Diane, one N, D-I-A-N-E, loves Divi, D-I-V-I. So to me, this is a great product. If you, it's $250 for a lifetime, and I'm going to put it in the chat. There's the other thing I use since 2010. I've listened to audible, um, audiobooks. I've listened to audiobooks on at the library before, and the library gives it to you for two weeks, which I think is great if you don't if you just want to do the library. But I really do like doing the audible. It's 14.95 for a subscription, and I get a new book a month. I don't know if you use Audible. Do you ever use Audible, Brad? I don't, but I, I really wish I did. <laughs> I do with the long drives, and I feel like it'd be awesome to have. Well, so to me, and I, if I'm walking my dog or I'm at the gym or wherever, I'll listen to a book, and I can listen to a book much better than I can uh, read it. I'm a really slow reader, so I really yeah. like, and then if it's somebody like, there was this one book, this book I was talking about last week, um, she talked really slow, so I had to listen to it in 1.25 because it was just too slow. It was like normal speed at yeah. 1.25. But that's kind of like what I like. I also like that at the library, I can't take notes on those books and those, you know, unless I'm writing them. And sometimes I'm driving or I can't. So one thing I love about Audible is that I can take an audio note in that oh, and then it's saved forever. So it's always in my book. So if I am reading a book that's really specific and I'm going back and I want to go back and listen to something or they're talking about a quote or something that I really like, um, it, it clips it right there, which I think is really cool. So anyway, we that have a ton of, pe ton of people here. I just wanted to tell you about the Audible. And the Audible, you'll get, if you sign up, you get two free links. I mean books, two free books. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> links to books. <laughs> yeah, two free books. So if you try Audible, you can get two free books. And this is just my affiliate link, and it's bit.ly slash design recharge and the d and the r are capitalized i'm not sure if that you it matters but anyway so for everybody else i think we've had a bunch of other people come in if you're new to design recharge this is kind of how it works you can chat it up in in the chat you can type you can type to other people please let us know where you're coming in from i know we've got a bunch of people here already but that's the beauty of this is why i like design recharge that we're doing this live and that you guys can might have a question that you want to ask brad and so then I'm going to make sure we get those, those questions done. So Brian coming in from Lawrence, Kansas. Brian also uses the Divi to build his sites. It's grid-based. You guys will really like it if you try it. For $250, it's really, really cheap for forever. You get to put it on as many websites as you want. Um, okay, never mind. Brian's using something else now. But he is my go-to <laughs> to figuring things out. Michael's here from Houston. Oh, still Brian's still using the Divi. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you, so I was trying to do things so that I'm getting stuff so that you guys can um, help keep Design Recharge alive and, and help me be able to bring you some new content. So, Brad, I, this is Brad Woodard. 
I have loved Brad's work for a while, and he is somebody who really taps into, um, I can taste, I can smell, I can feel your illustrations. And so I think the texture, I think all that, but you really do bring back a lot of childhood for me. And I think oh, it's just, thanks. there's life and and I love your color palettes. You use limited color palettes so, so well. And then you do a lot of stuff with typography. I had such a good time um, doing the, the project thing with Dustin, uh, the uh, mid-century, the mid-century, uh, I don't even, workshop, I guess. We call it a master class, but master. it's a workshop. Yeah, it's a, it's a live workshop. Um, yeah, so it was online, so we could do it from wherever we were. And you had people from all over the world, Australia, um, all over. So one thing, um, I had a great time when I talked to Brad last week or the week before last, just getting kind of his backstory. So I want you to kind of give us, a, I don't know, five minute, 10 minute backstory, because you started in one place, you're doing infographics and now look what you're doing. And you were working for other people. And I think sometimes you really learned a lot of things over the journey that have really impacted your business and how you run your business or how you bid out for things or the prices you, you bid out because sure. things that you learned. So can you, you and uh, Crystal, your wife have mm -hmm. a business together called Brave the Woods yes. and you guys met in college and the two mm -hmm. of you have been moving. You've actually, you were in Seattle area, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bellevue, Seattle. Yeah. Okay. And then you went to Southern California or San Diego ish area, right? Oh uh, yeah. We were in Newport beach, California. So Southern California, and then yes, after which we moved to uh, Boston, Massachusetts, <laughs> and yes, we drove to all these places. We did not fly to any of these. We drove all our stuff ourselves. Um, so we did the Boston, Massachusetts, and then from Boston we moved to Austin, Texas, and then Austin, Texas, we moved to Boise, Idaho, is where we live now. We've lived here for a little over a year now. Okay, and then you also in this transition in in. So to me, that's really big moves. It wasn't like just from uh, Georgia to Alabama. You went right. all the way across the country, up, down, left, right. Yes. <laughs> and I think you, you learned something about our industry. You, you know, I think people were using you for different things. But one thing that Brad's always been able to do is keep some of these clients that he left. He was still able to do work with them, which that is a testament to you as an employee, but you also as a great a person to work with uh, and a, a great illustrator and somebody they can count on. So a um, little bit, so you graduated, you went to school for design, is that correct? That's right. Well, I, yeah, I ended up graduating with a degree in graphic design. I did not go to school for design because <laughs> I didn't know I wanted to do that. I went to school thinking I was going to be a fine artist and mm -hmm. uh, quickly realized that that pool of talent was much larger in college than it was in high school. So I felt, all of a sudden I was like, Oh my goodness, there's so many, so many more people are better than I am. And it was a little overwhelming. Plus I didn't know how to make, uh, I didn't know how to make money doing fine art. And I wasn't, I didn't see a clear path to that. And so kind of the, the more rational side of me was like, okay, let's, uh, let's take design and, uh, and it's something that I can make money off of it and make a career out of it. So, that was the route I went, but now it's funny how I'm kind of going back and yeah, a lot more. I mean, it's commercial illustration, but I'm kind of tapping into my fine art side a lot more now. I find. 
So, so in, in a way you get to do what you wanted to do in the beginning, but now you're yes. able, you understand the business part and you're able to make money. Do you, yes. just a random question that wasn't on the list I know, but um, was in either of your parents entrepreneurs? Uh, my mom was in a way, so she did, um, she's an entrepreneur in the way that she never, it's funny cause she, she didn't make it big in terms of, uh, like financial, uh, and the financial side of things. Um, but she was always making extra money for our family, uh, growing up doing, cause she's an artist herself. And so she's like a very, very talented, basically anything she touches or any sort of like creative outlet you could think of. If she gets into it, she's all of a sudden really really good at it mm -hmm. so she did she started quilting and then she started sewing and she started doing uh she's she did painting she can draw she she can make the uh, she's just really good at anything she touches so she's uh uh she's always creating and always you know selling it or teaching classes kind of like what i'm ending up doing now mm -hmm. um but uh she did it with uh just a, a passion for doing it she didn't try to make it like a full job but yeah I, I did learn that um kind of put like grinding away uh, at, at that side of things and, and really trying to make your passion work for you and be something that you mm -hmm. could you know keep doing throughout your life and so she still does it she still teach, teaches classes and retreats and yeah she's uh she's a big motivator for me that's awesome okay so <clears throat> how about crystal's parents are either one of them because she also so crystal is more of the business side in the yes. brave the woods and she's also a writer so yes. did she come from a family of entrepreneurs because you both so in his path after boston you you went moved to austin and in austin is when you yeah, started are totally brave the woods yeah we actually quit our quit our jobs in boston to go start brave the woods in austin okay. mainly because she said Hey, she went to Austin at one point for like a, a what was it, a, um, a journalist retreat uh, or a conference or something like that, a journalism conference. And I remember her coming back. She's only there, I think it was even during Halloween. So <laughs> she didn't have like the best, like, uh, you know, I didn't get to like really see too much of the town except for like the craziness that was happening during Halloween. But she came back from that trip. I remember we were in college, married. And she's like, if we ever, or when we start, she's not if, she said, when we start our own business, because that was kind of a plan a long time ago. So when we started our own business, she's like, we are starting it in Austin, Texas. And I was like, sure. I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about Austin. It sounds kind of cool from what you said. And then I still knew nothing when we moved in uh, from Boston, but she was like, wait, we're doing our own thing. Right. And I'm like, yeah, we're starting our own business. And she's like, we're going to Austin. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where that came from. <laughs> so, so that was 2012, right? That was like more 2013. We started, I started working on Brave the Woods right before uh, but we launched it. I mean, we officially left our jobs 2013. Okay. So I want you to kind of take people through. So you worked um, from Seattle in school. You did like an internship or something. Yeah. Cause we were in school in uh, Rexburg, Idaho. We went to BYU, Idaho. Yes, there is a BYU, Idaho. There's a BYU, Hawaii and there's a BYU Provo. The one everybody knows is the BYU and right. Utah. But yeah, we were in the Idaho one and uh then we took our, we both had internships. She had one in Bellevue and I had one in, I want to say it was Monroe, but yeah, it's all around that, that area. So then from the internship, you got a job or you to kind of take us through your kind of oh, career. Yeah, sure. Cause you kind of went through that really quick for me, but it was in a good way because I think you had some key points of things that you learned yeah. by working that helped you now. Yeah. So the internship wasn't one that 
it wasn't the experience I thought I would get out of it. Uh, the guy who ran the business was a family friend of ours. I couldn't get an internship for my life. Like I, I had a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet of 60 plus companies um, that I had written out. I'd like planned out the ones I wanted to apply to for an internship. And I contacted all 60 of them and I only heard, uh, and, I, and I heard back from a handful of them. But the only one that answered me was the, the one that was related to our family. So it's, it is important who you know. Uh, not related, just a friend of the family. And so we ended up, he ran his own studio, and it was him and two other, uh, another couple, actually. And they, uh, it was just two, the, so it was just them three running this small business. And they did a lot of uh, design layout for, like, auto ads, <laughs> like the classifieds. <laughs> and, uh, and also, like, a, like a local magazine like a neighbor like a one they get in the mail that it tells you kind of what's going on in your little city and family oriented and have lots of lots of uh, advertisements and stuff and coupons uh so it wasn't like high design by any means and i was sitting next to the i was like pushed off in the side there wasn't a lot of room in that building so i like sat next to the microwave and there's always popcorn being popped so i always smell like popcorn and i'm sure i got some sort of disease from that microwave because like, i was like get that microwave away from me i can feel it it's just like right next to my head the whole time um, but I, I remember being there and I was like, this isn't like the best experience. I was so expecting, like I, I applied to like Pentagram and IBM design or not IBM design, BMW design works. And it was like all these huge companies that I wanted to go to and that I've toured before with my classes. And then I ended up here. He was an awesome guy. And, but the problem was that I noticed was he put all of his eggs in one basket. And so mm. what, what happened and that was one of the biggest things I learned from was a lot of things how to, um, he taught me a lot about design, but also, uh, just learning that, you know, you don't keep all those clients. If you have one big client that's 70% of your business, it's super sketchy uh, moving forward. And ultimately, he actually had to close close the doors and, and he works for another company now. Um, but that was, it was just funny how I got out of an internship. I got a lot out of it, but it wasn't like what I thought it was. It wasn't all this positive stuff that I thought. But now, no, starting my own business, uh, it's really, really helped. So that was what we did. That was my internship, and that internship didn't lead to any work necessarily. Uh, I I went back, to, we came back to school in Idaho, and I applied for again. Got the list spreadsheet out. The, this is my wife's doing. She's list <laughs> organizations. It's funny. I say I did it. She actually did it, and I was just giving her names, and she was figuring out companies as well for me. Um, so we, I it was, but that one was probably like a hundred plus names of companies. Reached out to all of them. Didn't hear back from any of them. And uh, I was just like, I don't even know how to get a job. So I'd been doing freelance work. This is during the time when, like you said, infographics were really big. And I was doing freelance work for a company called Column 5. And uh, I just remember, uh, you know, doing these things. I mean, it was, I was doing it for nothing. It was like, crazy how much goes into those things. And you just, and like, they paid freelancers so little. And it was not just them. It was everybody at, kind of at that time. And so... I was like, I need to get a full, maybe I can talk to them, you know? And so I kind of reached out to him and gave him, you know, a heads up that, you know, like I, I'd like to do kind of saying, I kind of want to do more. I'd like, maybe I'm graduating soon, kind of hinting towards the fact that maybe you could offer me something more or more freelance work. Uh, but it ended up being that we didn't hear anything um, back from anybody. So right after our graduation, we were dirt poor, but we got some money for graduation, obviously from family and friends. And so we took that money and we drove to Southern California from Idaho, like two days after we graduated uh, and came back. And we already took, we already said we were done with our lease on our apartment because we were like, well, whatever, we're, we're going to move regardless. I'm not sure where we're moving. 
or we're going to move. Might be even with my parents or her parents. I'm not sure. Uh, but we drove down to California, and then I basically kind of showed up at, at column five, and I was like, hey, remember how we talked about maybe getting a job or working more? <laughs> well, I'm here now, and I don't have any money to get back, really. Like, and so like, we don't, we're graduated. We're, our lease is over. I would be nice to have a job. So put them on the spot. They were like, like, okay, we'll get back to you in a few weeks. I was like, well, I kind of need it in like a couple hours. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I literally have to know now. So they told us just to go. Like, it was right across the street from the beach, which is awesome. So like, go, go out. So we just walked on the beach, and then we'll give you a call. And uh, sure enough, they call back a couple hours later, an hour later, and, and we're like, okay, we can offer you this. And it was really low because <laughs> they were a startup, and I was like, whatever, we're, we're going. So we drove straight back to Idaho and then drove back to California with all our stuff, and that's how I got my first job. <laughs> so then how long was that position? How long did you keep that position? Uh, I stayed for a year, just over a year, um, and then we financially couldn't do it anymore. Uh, and th- and they, they did, they were kind enough to help give me, uh, give us a raise, but it was still wasn't enough. We just had a kid, our first, our, our oldest. And, uh, it, we were living in Newport beach area and it was just so expensive. Right. <laughs> it so, so, expensive. so it's kind of like you're, you stepped into one of the most expensive States definitely to live in, right. Mm-hmm. When you stepped right out, but in a way you learned and now, I mean, it, Cause that's where you started was the first mm-hmm. financial decision. It, you yeah. were thinking about it really. You were just happy. You, you just were wanted like, a job. Right. Just wanted a and job. A salary. And, Never had a salary. Yeah. Right. And so now when, and we'll get to this in a second, but when you moved from Austin to Boise, mm-hmm. it was mainly a financial move yeah. as well. Right. It was, okay, yeah. So, yeah. so then you go from Newport beach to Boston. Right? Yeah, I got a call from Arnold, um, Arnold Worldwide. They're a major advertising firm there. And uh, I just remember them, I think I got an email. I think I got an email from them when it was about a year up and I'd been working at Column 5. And uh, they're like, hey, we're really interested in, in, in your work. We love we like what we've seen online and uh, we'd like to fly you out for an interview or whatever if you're interested. And, and <laughs> they didn't, I was like, oh, I really, I really liked working for Column 5. If you don't know them, look them up. They're awesome. They're a lot bigger now. They've, they've, uh, they're now in New York. They have the offices in New York and, and in California. And um, the, the owners I'm, I'm great friends with. Uh, and so that was, that was a really awesome experience. And so I was really liking, it was only, I was hire number 15. And we were working like this cool, like they just got into a new space and it was really fun. Uh, so it was kind of hard. Those were definite perks, like the, like how casual it was and how fun and exciting the work was, but I was done doing infographics and <laughs> I was also really, really getting poorer and poorer by the moment. And so, uh, when they offered that and advertise like at, uh, Arnold, they kind of gave us a, a range of where, like where they would be financially, you know, what their, what I my salary might be. And I was like, okay, sure. Send me over right now. <laughs> and so I went over. So, and, and, and just to kind of give people, I didn't have to share your numbers, but you sure. gave them a number that you thought was just astronomical. You yeah. were like, I'm just going to, because you were having fun. But I think also the stuff you learned at column five was also some things that you brought back to you and Crystal working. You, you don't, yeah. you want to make sure that you're working and having fun in your environment. You can just tell by all the toys behind you that <laughs> <Right>? you're, you, <laughs> you know, may not be across the street from the beach anymore, but there's still right. sort of that atmosphere. You knew that that was something that was important for you. So yeah. a lot of friends there. I really like the people there. But, right, and you like Crystal, right? 
And now, yeah, I love Crystal and, and I love my kids and my dogs are laying around here somewhere. Um, okay, yeah. so you so you go to Boston, you give them this, what you think, but you still didn't maybe do your research on what maybe cost of living was in Boston and yeah. what maybe- I'm sure my, my wife, <laughs> it's funny because like my wife did, but it was just funny thinking like, you never know, even if you like do the breakdown, somehow it's always different when you move there. You're like, oh, but like, milk costs this much more than you know just like little things add up that you just don't think about and so um we did a like when i say we my wife again she did all of the research and, and like okay can we make this work what's the salary we need but yeah so I, I i set a much higher salary than what i was getting and uh i didn't know if it was even possible and now looking back on it really wasn't that much but i for, for the time for the spot i was in my career i feel like it was fair uh, but I just didn't know. And so we, we kind of spit out this price and I just remember coming back and they were kind of like, okay, now they took the, the top of my, so I gave them kind of a range, which I hate doing, but I gave them like a range and they took that as the base, like my top, they took it as the base and added 15 grand more or something like that. And they said like, oh, so you're looking for this. And I was like, yes, yes, I'm looking for that. <laughs> It was definitely not what I had said before. They, they added more and I was like, uh, sure. Yeah, that works. And so that was, and I, and it's funny cause like people are like, Oh, so you're like, do you, are they really calculated decisions for all these places you went? And they kind of were, but sometimes it's like necessity. We just had a kid. We were in debt for getting groceries. We were so poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was loving my job, which was, you know, which is a huge, uh, which is a huge thing. But at some points in your career, you have to make those decisions. And mine was to get, financial stability for my family for a little bit, pay off that debt. And so we moved there and it's like a foreign country. If you're from the West coast, moving to the East coast, it is so different culturally. Um, even just within, within the industry, it's very different too. And so, um, it was a huge move for us and we love the, there's a lot to love about Boston. We go back there. We just went back last fall. Uh, my wife and I just for a trip and drove around and it's just beautiful. Um, but it was, it was really hard to get used to. And I know inside the ad world is even a crazier world mm-hmm. uh, than add that to the East coast. Like everybody's kind of shut off from everybody else or very direct and harsh. And I was used to, Hey man, like, right. let's just chat. Like whoever's on the street, you can chat with anybody or the, you know, and so, so in like the culture inside, in, inside design firms was a lot more relaxed and, and easygoing. So it was a big change. Um, but yeah, I like to I like to tell people that it wasn't I I did I did look into the company and it looks pretty cool from from the outside looking in through my interview but like a big decision was really financial at that point that's I think that's why I didn't last very long there either um, because that was my decision. So but one thing you saw there that you talked to me about the other day was you saw you were like whoa these freelancers we're still pulling in freelance illustration yeah. we're getting freelancers to do they're not in-house. They're not getting me to do these illustrations and they're, they're paying them. Like when you see, when you have that art director's hat on, you see what they're paying and you're like, Whoa, they're getting, you know, I guess it's kind of like when you buy a font and it's $9 and then you buy a Futura or, or something. And it's like, $590 $590 or $2,000 for the full family. It's kind of like sure. that. And you, yeah. you just had no idea. You thought a font was $9, right? So, yeah. so can you kind of, cause that to me seemed like one of the big kind of, uh, aha moments for you. Um, 
when you realize, whoa, I can actually make more freelancing. Yeah, it was really eye-opening to me because I just didn't, I just didn't realize because I'd, I'd then been working in-house. So I did freelance and I didn't get paid that money. That's the thing. Like when I was, I was in college getting paid freelance $200 to make a full like infographic that took me two weeks, you know? And so I wasn't, in my mind, that didn't, there was no connection to like making lots of money freelancing. Right. And so when I was working, you know, I was working in-house and I was like, well, this is much safer. I'm getting a salary, all that stuff. Um, but when I was at Arnold, I noticed like, yeah, I can, I can, I can move up. There's also more responsibility. There's more like, uh, time that I have to dedicate to, to work and be away from my family, uh, which I didn't want to sacrifice. I mean, I did while I was there, but a, a year of it, it didn't, it wasn't sitting well with me. Uh, and that wasn't a, like a sacrifice I was willing to make. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, so uh, looking at that, then I heard how much they were paying other people for, um, like these contractors that we were working with. And I was doing a lot of in-house stuff, but I was also doing stuff for the brands. Um, but it was just like when they wanted something special, like the really fun projects. I, I just remember like being on a phone call with uh, me, the art director and the creative director. And then on, and then on the call, on the other end of the call was the, the, con, the, the contractor, the illustrator for this project. And I was sitting there, um, kind of confused because I was like, man, this guy's their they were, their, their demeanor was very different when they were talking to him. Like they were, they were much more respectful. They were, they were letting him call a lot of the shots. They were saying like, we're deferring to your style. They, they were saying, yeah. And they kept like, like they mute him and be like, yes, he's charging, like he's charging a lot of money. He's really good, but it's so worth it. And then they go back and talk to him and it's like, Okay, but they don't ever talk that way to me. They did in my interview when I went when I was trying to they were trying to hire me. And when I got there, uh, it was more um, like, okay, I need this done by this point. Like it was just very like rushed, and it was like this is they already had a meeting about this uh, concept. Now you just need to make it look good. And I was like, that's not what I wanted to be. I wanted to be in on the you know mm-hmm. the conception of the idea. I didn't want to just sit here and and uh, like dress it up after you've already done the meetings. And so but they were letting these other contractors be in on those meetings. And I was like, that just doesn't make sense to me. And I was, and it was, it was just hard for me to kind of reconcile that difference. So when I saw, and then when I heard more and more prices coming in, I was like, if I just did two projects for these people, it would be like half my salary or whatever. It's just kind of crazy, you know? So um, that was a big, that was a big motivator for me to, to work on my own. And I felt a little more confident having worked in advertising and worked in that, startup and having worked in a small design agency in-house all those experiences really helped shape um you know my confidence level and i was like okay i feel like i know i could talk to these people i know the lingo and yeah it was still early i mean i only worked on my own uh, out of college for two years before starting brave the woods all right so so you worked at um column five and then for a year and then you worked at arnold for a year yeah a year is pretty much my my threshold for pain (laughs) I feel I found I found out like okay I, something not paying I shouldn't say that they're awesome jobs but it was it was just like I can't I can't sit here and do the same thing over and over and over again I, I want the variety of my choosing and I want I want to be able to pick the projects I I want and that's how I've been able to do this for five years so yay for five years yeah. so yep. so I want you to kind of take us through that conversation that you and Crystal had because you both quit your jobs and you mo- moved. To Austin and how yeah. because I think a lot of people are at that uh, stage maybe did you have a lot of freelance you were still doing because I know you were still yeah. doing some work for column five having good relationships with these people you thought maybe you could have um, 
maybe continue to do some work for uh, Arnold, possibly. Mm -hmm. um, so can you kind of take us through that decision-making process and what that looked like? Yeah, it was, so it wasn't like this easy situation too. Like I thought for sure, uh, you know, you kind of think you'd be so prepared that you would be like, okay, this is the point when I'm ready to just go off and start my own thing. Like you, I feel like a lot of people do that too, uh, where it's just like, like the stars have to literally align before I do this. And then that's why a lot of times we just kind of sit and don't do anything because things have to be perfect, right? I have to have this much saved up and yes, those are good things, but there's never going to be a perfect time. I mean, those are things you can do to prevent kind of, uh, um, what do you call that? Um, not damage control, but just like lessen your risk. And yeah. so, and those are important to do. Uh, but it's, it seems like it's just never the perfect. It's always a leap. No matter what you do, it's always going to be a leap of faith. And so for me and, and Crystal, you know, we'd been building up this freelance side, um, working with Column 5, like you said. But I, even like when I was working with Column 5, I was building up outside work, doing a lot of illustration. Where um, and, and that was kind of cool because I, I started incorporating a lot more illustration in my design work at, at Column 5. And then I started getting freelance work because I was posting online. I was running a blog, um, just getting my work out there and trying to get myself involved in the, the design community. Like how many hours? Because I think people... I, or how how much money were you able to make, like a percentage? Because I think yeah. some of it has to be your paying off debt, but then you also have to kind of set yourself up to have enough client work that's coming in that's going to be able to pay for the life that you want to be living. Yeah, that's the hard part, right? You just don't know because you're, you, you're like, even though I'm, I'm making this, let's say I made that much, this X amount this past year, I don't know if that's going to be the same amount I make next year. That's That's the right. instability part, right, of running your own business. And so you try to lessen that risk by either just getting a whole lot more work and never saying no, which is dangerous, which I did at the beginning. So that, that's what I started at. I was just saying yes to every single project. Um, and I was staying up all night. I was working all day. And then I came home, ate dinner and stayed up all night working on freelance work. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a good, it, it was a, it like gradually got bigger. By the time I went to leave Arnold, uh, I felt confident in the fact that I was making enough money uh, almost enough money to like run my own business, but then Skillshare kicked in and uh, I, we can talk about that in a second, but Skillshare is really what put us over the edge where we felt like we were confident enough that in, in terms of money that was coming in constantly and it wasn't uh, as like dependent on a client. It was more passive income. Right. So you yeah. had started that egg basket. you had started to develop another basket so that it wasn't yeah. all in one. So how did the, the Skillshare thing that was when you were in Boston, you created that? Yeah. Yeah. I joined Skillshare uh, when I was working at Arnold in Boston. Okay. So again, this is, you have one kid or two kids at the time? We have one kid still. Okay. One kid. You're, um, Crystal's still working too. Yeah. So she's, uh, she, it's, so she wanted to be, uh, she's funny cause she wants, she definitely wants to be a stay at home mom, but she's also the type that's like, wants to work all the time. So she's like, not like eternal struggle, right? She's like, I want to be home and I want to make sure. That... So we ended up now we're both home, but, um, but yeah, so she was doing like uh, a lot of online work, like uh, remote work. So she was doing stuff where like uh, grading textbooks, science textbooks, which she absolutely, absolutely dreaded. <laughs> and I was like, she was really anxious to start breaking the woods. Uh, but yeah, she was doing things like that online. So, but yeah. Okay, so so this was really a. I do think it really needs to be a, dis, a decision you make as a couple, especially if 
um, you know, if you're both going to be doing this, but I think this is one of the things that makes this such a neat relationship is that you guys, you really, she really has her things that she does. And you really don't know a ton about that. You're like, she just tells me what to do and I do it. And then you have your stuff that you get her opinion and you guys are talking, but it's really, she knows what you do really well. And she, you know what she does really well. And yeah. you don't try to necessarily, maybe you did in the beginning, you, you tried to cross those lines a little bit, but then oh, you, we, did. <laughs> we found but, out real quick that wasn't going to work. <laughs> but then you figured it out that really it was like, I, it's about trust. It's about faith in the other person. And so to me, one of the questions I asked as kind of a prompt to this episode was, could you work at home? You know, cause sometimes that, that would be too much for some people. They need more interaction or yeah. could you work with your spouse? And I don't know if I could work with my spouse full time. I, <laughs> I think it would be, but I think it really does have to have a full trust. Not that my husband doesn't trust me or I don't trust sure. him, but I just think that sometimes you have the alignment is just um, off. It's so a different kind like, of trust. It's a different kind of trust. I, I find it is. It is. Yeah. So <laughs> hey, you William. can trust that they're going to stay with you and never cheat on you. That you can trust that they're going to be parents to your kids. That's totally different than you can trust their opinion about like who this character is in this movie on Netflix. Like that's the, you know, like I'm just like, no, that is totally this character. And you're like, no, it totally looks like so-and-so those kind of things that happens in your work stuff. That, that's a separate kind. It's not an emotional, it's your business or, or whatever. But it, it, it's about <laughs> trusting her that she knows where to market your work best, or just yeah. like even in the beginning, when she was making that list in Excel for places for you to try to, um, you trusted her to look, but you were also doing some on your own. You were telling yeah. her where to go. But then in that, you're kind of learning. And so I feel like that's such a really neat relationship. And you've really kind of let it, let like, you don't necessarily really dig in so much about the business stuff. She tells you what to, yeah. to do and you do it. And you may ask a question, but you totally, you just, you know, you're, you totally behind her. You know, she's put in the time to do it. And she knows the same thing about you as well, right? That you've yeah. put in. Okay. Sure. Well, it's hard because, yeah, I mean, there's no way you can, I mean, this is just like a stand. This is just a great, uh, um, great advice for business in general. You know, you can't sit there. You're never going to expand your business. If you're, you're doing everything that only you can do and everything that anybody else could do, you're, right. you're, wasting, you're cutting into that time of doing stuff that only you can do. So, um, with having my wife here, like we're both doing that, right? So she's like, okay, the stuff that I, I don't feel comfortable doing, the, the thing I'm best at, I'm going to focus on. The thing that I'm best at, I'm going to focus on. And so she takes over a lot of the emails and she deals with the client initially. Um, she'll do the contract. She'll do all of that stuff, the invoicing. Plus all the stuff that to, we don't want to do. No, but she's so organized <laughs> and she's so good at it. And it's funny because that's not her background, but she's just so, she's, she's very, very intelligent. So anything that she picks up, again, she's, she can do. And so... And it may not be the most fun thing. And down the road, we're planning on getting somebody that can do that for her. And then we're going to mm-hmm. pass that along. And she's just going to focus in on writing our children's books and and uh, and maybe focusing more on the marketing stuff that she really likes to do. So uh, it's it's a it's you can't do it all at once. But gradually, we've we've started, you know, making those divisions of like and things that we can't do. We start hiring at we hired an accountant and we started doing mm-hmm. things like that or like a payroll services all this kind of stuff to help you out, but, um, and to help and not only just to help us stay in our own lanes, but to help us grow because now I can focus all my time and energy on making what I do and only I can do better. Right. 
Okay, so you guys made this decision. It was really the Skillshare. It was the amount of money that you were bringing in from that other um, income stream that yeah. allowed you to move and allowed you to kind of set up Brave the Woods. Yes. Okay, yeah. and you kind of knew what percentage or how much money you needed to be making, whether that was yeah. coming from freelance or from a retainer client, however people are doing it. But one thing I think was really important was that it was passive, right? Yeah. And you can see past trends was important for us. So that's one thing when you're looking at um, like your freelance work, if you don't have people on retainer where you can say, I know I'm going to make exactly this amount of money each month, which we didn't have at that point. Uh, we just had constant clients that would, we just knew would always be coming back around this time of the year or, right. you know, just like we just knew that we're getting, and we, and we can kind of tell the, the frequency of emails and new project inquiries that were coming in each week. Right. Uh, like we were saying, okay, we got two or three a week that were coming in. And so if we technically we could say yes to all those and we could, we could pay for things. Eventually we wanted to be able to say no to most of them. And then that's where we're at now where we're turning down a bunch of that, which is nice. It's a great place to be, but yeah, just knowing how the frequency of those, those, um, those project inquiries was really important. So we're like, okay, if we could kind of gauge by that, we know when the slow months are, we know, um, you know, like the holidays pick up and so anyway, we just kind of mapped that out and that helped us make a decision too. So you may not see it all there, but to, to, to less, like you may not see exactly like a set amount coming in your, um, like for sure income, but we can kind of gauge from the past. But also when we saw that too, we're like, okay, but we also need something else. And so the supplemental income, which was the passive income that we did, uh, with Skillshare, that was really what helped us feel completely secure and right. we're like, okay, we, at least we know we're going to get at least this much each month. And so that put us over. And that was early on. You were one of the first per, uh, Skillshare teachers. I was one of the first in the, yeah, one of the first Skillshare teachers, but m mostly uh, more specifically as one of the first, like they started dividing out all the, the classes in the schools before it was just like anything you wanted to teach was in there. Right. But mostly it was like business and things like that. Uh, but they hadn't really done a design and illustration portion. So they started breaking down to what they called schools. And I was the first in that group. So I, I had the first like teaching Adobe Illustrator. I was the first teacher to do that, which was really the biggest success. And that's the one that still I make a lot off of. And Skillshare actually changed their, I have an, another friend who has taught on Skillshare and was on early. Um, they actually changed their the contract. I don't know if they were bought out or what, but it, so she was able to make a lot more money in the beginning than she was maybe now, but it still is an income stream, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, it may not be as much because I think they were really not making any money in the beginning, in the beginning contracts. I, I don't know. They were giving out a lot because they wanted to, uh, they just hadn't figured out that ratio, right? Like, didn't know right. how much they like they're going to spend on marketing and right. pushing individuals. So now they don't. They do market mine a little bit, but it's because I'm in the top one percent. So now they've kind of divvied it out. Like, oh, these are like the master creators or whatever, and they're right. and so we'll we'll that's being if you want to be part of the club, you still have to like put out classes every three months, and then we'll make sure to like market it for you and stuff like that. And they're really encouraging, and they have awesome people helping out. Uh, I I love Skillshare. I love Skillshare at the beginning. I love Skillshare now. I really didn't like it in the middle, uh, but that was their growing pains and they just weren't very transparent. And so uh, there was a lot that they had to work through and they've made those changes. So I, I trust them now. I definitely trust them again. <laughs> but just to let people know, I mean, you have to apply to be a teacher. If you do get, I don't know if you 
because Brad was so early in in it, he was able to kind of, and, and Dustin's talked about this a lot, you're kind of able to kind of steer, you're in the front of the ship, yeah. you know? So people see you, it is, it's timing, but it doesn't mean that you can't do this and, and make it, it just means that it's going to, you are going to have to do more work because if they, they might've been pushing Brad's content in their um, marketing, but now they're, they wouldn't necessarily be finding yours and pushing it. So a lot of it has to do with, with you. And, but it's just the same reason why Arnold got you is because you were doing freelance and you were posting your work. So it's the same sort of thing. It's being out. You can't just be kind of hidden. And Jason Karn and I have had this conversation before because he was super, super, super busy. It's the same thing. I think all of us kind of get in this place and we stop marketing for ourselves. And those, yeah. it can be, this can be the detriment of, of us, especially us as a, a solopreneur or a entrepreneurial venture, because you are, a lot of things are NDAs, they're non-disclosure agreements and you cannot share um, the thing. So how, you know, how can you get around? You have to have some of those either personal projects or side projects that you're doing. So having yeah. some of this uh, um, passive income is is really critical for giving you the stability to be able to go kind of out on your own. I don't, I don't know. You just have to be on the right place and you have to kind of vet things and try things and see if it's really going to work. Yeah. Okay, so, I lucked out with Skillshare. I literally did luck out. Like the timing was perfect. It's just like the first people that were on Twitter have a billion followers. Right. Um, that really happened for me, but still like there's, like you said, there are a lot of people that jumped on later and they make a ton of money off of it. And, um, more importantly, it's passive money, right? It's not that even if you didn't make a ton, even if it was like 500 bucks a month, that's 500 bucks a month that you would have, you don't have to do anything for. Right. That's car so, payment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's honestly, yeah, that, that's how you have to look at it. So, um, it just makes sure that the, the amount of work that you put into it, like matches that. But I mean, I found the Skillshare classes, they do take a lot of time to create and to make it right and, and to make it something that's engaging and, and, uh, but once you do that and you put it out there, um, just having that that extra income is super helpful. And you can do it in lots of different ways. But yeah, I like what you said, Diane, about if you don't have those things, it's like there are a lot of NDA type projects or you can't share this for two years type of thing. Um, that's super important to inject the, the like your passion projects or projects. But making sure that that work, not only is it like your passion, but it's uh, work that um, that is just like, not, not only that it's just like fun and uh, fun work, but it's also work that, um, that the type of work that you want to get, mm -hmm. so I think that's important. So maybe you're working on a book, but you can't show it. Well, you can make another book and then show it <laughs> and then right. people will know that you're, you know, you make books. And that was kind of how I got a lot of the work I did was I had to put work in my portfolio that, um, that I wanted. That's really what it was is I had to make work that I wanted to get. And so once people but saw that it was in there, that means you had to schedule time in, into your yeah your day, your weekend, your night to do these other side projects of things that you wanted to do. And I think sometimes we just, we run out of time. I think uh, another thing is right now, the internet is still pretty new, you know, realistically it's 22 years old, I guess. Sure. It's is that right? I'm really terrible with math. Somebody's going to Google it and hit us up on chat. <laughs> anyway, I think it started like 96, 95-ish, you know, is it was happening. It was ugly as all get out. But anyway, so, but it's still, if you're talking about automotive industry, I mean, it's been happening a hundred years. So, so anyway, um, as you're going, um, 
and you're you've you made relationships with people at um, column five you've made relationships with Arnold you moved to Texas how do these relationships still play in and then how do how do those people maybe somebody at that company moved to somewhere else and now they're yeah, going to the use spot. you so how is those because I know this doesn't have to be a super long question but I think it's really sure. important to just how did you make great impressions how do we go oh, that's a good so I will I'm gonna go back it's funny how much I quote my mom in here and it's funny after she's like I just want to see one of your life she's never seen me speak or anything like that and she does she actually does motivational speaking too um but she's never seen me speak and so at one of these points every time I, she's like oh how did it go and I tell her she's like oh I wish I was there and she's like you didn't say anything bad about me I'm like no I always talk you up but you'll hear that I, I mention my mom a lot because I'm a lot like my mom and uh she literally talks to every single person she's mm -hmm. like She's the type of person that really won't burn that bridge unless it's like a grocery store that didn't like honor her coupon or something like that. And she's like sworn them off forever. And I didn't honor her rain check or whatever it was. Uh, I just remember Albertsons. I couldn't go there for years. Um, <laughs> which now I go there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just funny like how much, how friendly she is and how, uh, and it's to anybody. And, and, and not only, the, she goes above and beyond like what, you, what you'd expect too. So she'll, mm -hmm. she'll meet somebody and if she meets you, there's a good chance, a really good chance, even if she just met you for a second, that she will already have gotten your birth date and she will send you a card on the holidays, on your birthday. She knows everybody at the, uh, at the post office. Like they all know who she is like, oh, Lynn's here. And, <laughs> she'll have this whole stack of things that she's always mailing out. And so she, I was telling like, she's like, she can't make money because everything, all the money she makes from her stuff, she just buys things for everybody else and sends like cards and all sorts of gifts. So um, that's the way she loves people. She does. And she's service and giving. And so she's just awesome. But she is like the friendliest person you'll ever meet. So for me, I saw how that's benefited her. And I mm -hmm. saw how, um, you know, like people just love, anything that she does, even if it's, uh, even if, you know, people can have different opinions about her, her artwork, right? Like we all do. Um, but they all just came, they didn't even care what she said she was going to make or what she was going to teach. People are like, Oh, Lynn's teaching it. We're going to go to that class. Like I'm going to pay for that or I'm going to buy that. And so I was like, I, I was really impressed by people's loyalty to her. Um, mm -hmm. be, and the, because of the friendships that she's built. And so that's kind of stuck with me. And I'm really social like she is. And so, you know, in, in the jobs that I, I made sure to never burn any bridges and just try to be, you know, just friendly in general, but that's kind of rubbed off. And, and so my business, so I, I stay in touch with people. I'll continue emailing them, um, letting them know like, Hey, congratulations on your new job. Like, how are the kids? Like just, just very genuine, but staying in touch with people and, and keeping those connections alive. I feel like a lot of the work that I've, I've got um, outside of those full-time jobs came from just being on people's top of, being on their right, top, uh, of mind. top of mind, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, I'll reach out to somebody and be like, hey, I just, you know, I hadn't talked to you in a long time, just was thinking of you, I hope all's well. Um, and then I'll get, I'll get an email back like, well, like, that's awesome, it's like perfect timing, we just have this project and, you know, I didn't even think about it, but you'd be perfect for this. And that's honestly not the reason it's not like my full, like my main right. driving reason, but it is one of them. Like in terms of a business aspect, like being top of mind is important, but it's also just kind of my personality that I, that I just want to reach out and connect with people. And I found most of my work is just from people I know telling, talking me up to somebody else, which is the best situation. Right. So sometimes those are organic. Sometimes it's just like, 
I've done that to Doc plenty of times. I'll be like, oh, you're just really on my mind. And I send him a text or something. Yeah. And so to me, it, it, I think it's just, that's natural. I think it's kind of being quiet in yourself to be able to think about who it is. But when somebody comes to your top of mind, then you reach out. And yeah. whether it's the right time or not, it still reminds them who you are. Yeah. I think that's a great kind of little marketing strategy, kind of plop it in here. Okay, so- and Make it genuine. That's the, I think that's the biggest part of all of that. I mean, a lot of people can do that and be disingenuous, but like be genuine and, and give like genuine compliments. If you're going to give people compliments and things like that and like research it a little bit, look at what, they, what they've recently done, then comment on that and say like, when you're emailing them, say, hey, I was really impressed with that campaign that you came out with. Like that's way more- that's what's way more genuine than just coming and being like, Hey, like you guys have been doing awesome stuff. Like, right. You can always say that. Right. Like, but if you pull out something very specific and leave a genuine comment, it means a lot more. So, so one of the things that I think it, that's absolutely, and that may be as a kid, you were always watching your mom and you saw her do things like that. And then you just learn from example. <laughs> were you ever embarrassed of your mom? Cause she was yes. so chatty. Yes. Okay. yes, yes. <laughs> I still get embarrassed by my mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I'm so much like her, but I still get embarrassed by her. Uh, I was, you know, my wife and I. It's and it's funny, and it's not, and it's and it's. I think embarrassed in the same way that I think all of us are with like just someone who calls attention to, to things that um, you may not want to call attention to. It's very positive. Uh, like right. she will stop. Like we just like immediately just made me think of like we were uh, we were in Boston and my parents came for Halloween and we were walking around and my 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 kids were dressed up, you know, in their, their costumes and uh, they're all homemade costumes that my wife had made. And uh, my mom was like super proud, obviously of them uh, as her grandkids, but also my wife's making these costumes for them. And so everybody, we were walking around and like, we were like at a stop sign waiting to cross the street. And there's a bunch of people there. And she's like, Oh, did you guys know that she made this? Like she made all their costumes and they're so cute and all that, you know, that kind of stuff like embarrasses me because like, I'm all for like, being outgoing but on my terms <laughs> right? So, you know it's like anyway it's just kind of funny like I don't like being the center of attention unless I'm like the one like supposed to be you know like it was right. scheduled that I was supposed to be <laughs> attention, it wasn't know? random people at a stoplight <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so I yeah I definitely she does she does do that but it's all coming from a good place but yeah she's she's the biggest like you know obviously fan of everything that I do. And so I kind of have to let that go. But as a kid, yeah, it was embarrassing because she's always <laughs> talking to people being like, did you know, like he just got like the, like did the best job on his project at school. And I'm like, mom, they don't care. Just stop. <laughs> right. But then oh, they do care. Cause then uh, later on, she's like sending him, like we have him over for dinner like a week later. So <laughs> it worked. <It's> just embarrassing. <laughs> All right. So when you're nurturing these relationships, you do this just, uh, as it comes, um, even though Crystal's really the marketing person, you're still doing this stuff. When somebody comes to mind, you reach out. Or when you see that they did a cool project or you see they got a new job or a new title or something, you're doing that as well. So there's some stuff yeah. that's coming straight from you. And then there's some stuff that Crystal's doing. Yeah. Um, how often, you may or may not know this question, but this is why I sent them to you early. Maybe you could have gotten these from Crystal. Sure. How often are y'all out reaching out to potential clients? or previous clients and agencies that you worked with? We don't do it nearly enough. Um, we, we actually, so we have lots of like, uh, and I think this is a question you had later, but we'll, we could talk about it then. Uh, but we do lots of uh, meetings, like my wife and I, 
we do planning meetings just like you would in, uh, uh, like any job. And so we will we'll schedule those out. We'll get a babysitter. We'll go to like a coffee shop and sit down and, and plan out the next quarter or whatever. Um, and that's usually when we're like, okay, we need to reach out to so-and-so. So like quarterly, it seems to be like, we'll do like yeah. this kind of push or even sometimes it's like our biggest push is like once a year during like Christmas and we'll send out something. Uh, that's usually if we're doing, we tend to do a lot more reaching out when we don't have a lot of work. <laughs> so a couple of years ago, that's what happened and we were reaching out to everybody. So it was like all hands on deck, try to reach out to everybody that we knew and, um, and try to find new ways to get work instead. But instead of like contacting companies directly, uh, I really don't like cold calling companies all that often. I like to find people that work there mm-hmm. and start following them for a while and like find a project manager and, or, or like a, or not project, like a, like an art director mm-hmm. uh, or a creative director and try to find out who they are. Like you can do that through LinkedIn, mm-hmm. uh, start following them on Twitter for a little bit and then try to and make sure that you've been following them and commenting before I reach out. But a lot of times just having that on the radar and being like, and then, then you can kind of say like, Hey, I've been following you for a while. And I can honestly say, I've been following you for a while and talk to them and then I'll reach out to them. But like building, it takes a little bit more time, but it's a lot more genuine. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, so I start. we don't, we don't really do like this big push. It's like, uh, reaching out and doing cold calling at time. We'll definitely be the more discreet reaching out to people and trying to connect, make connections. Um, and just hope that that turns into something. And a lot of times it does. But I think it is, it's kind of like you've been at the same party or you've been going to the same parties or the same school or whatever, but now you're fine. And you've, so you've been, you've seen, and your name is recognizable to these people. And now you started different conversations. Sometimes the cold call is the direct message from somebody who's asking you to, you know, promote Mm -hmm. this toothpaste or something. And you're like, what? I, why would I even do it? You know, I do design stuff, right? We get that (laughs) all the time. Right. So, so, there's also another uh, portion because I think, I don't know if it's you and Crystal or if it's mainly Crystal, but it's also about doing more of that um, passive income and having partnerships because you've been able to do some really neat things with Dustin through partnerships. Yeah. So can you talk about that a little bit? Because again, that started from a relationship. Yeah. Right. And then, and then yeah. now this is also passive income, but it's also something that you're continually growing. You know, you're, you just yeah. did the workshop or masterclass, um, which was great. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. so those are, those are things that are, are, those are passive, that's passive, but then mm-hmm. you will continue to do more and more of these. Yeah. You're, you know, yeah, it's totally right that that's, that's, that's how we do it. We, we still, it's still relationship based. And I feel like anytime we've done, we've tried to start businesses with other people, with friends, and it's just failed miserably like starting business. And, and I, I, the only one that I'd probably take a leap with now is I guess I just didn't, I also didn't know them as well. Like professionally, we were just friends and we try to start something. See, I think it's easier when you've been professionally uh, working together, which mm-hmm. is what Dustin and I have been doing. And we have some big plans ahead for next year, um, potentially making a company together, which would be cool. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it all based off relationship. And Dustin's been a really good one because he was a big fan of my Skillshare classes and a lot of the stuff that we'd created, uh, we kind of bit, were building up our companies at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, we, we both have very different strengths. And so, mm-hmm. which is again, like how it works really well with uh, my wife and I, uh, Dustin and I have very different strengths that, and he's, he's super talented at what he does. And so working together benefits us both. And uh, we kind of, we get, we get to stay in our own lanes too, which is nice. And you both have the same poster behind you because when it's you're so doing funny. that, <laughs> I mean, there's so many, you have the same chair, right? You both have the, yeah, same chair. Chair. 
It was so. He it always was, is wearing my hat, and I think we both are wearing Lenny's, Lenny Terenzi's, like, hey, monkey yep. shirts. Like, yeah, yeah, we have a lot, <laughs> a lot in common, yes. So but. I think some of that has to do with, with commonalities. I think that's one of the skills, one of your superpowers is the relational work, is that you're finding yeah. commonalities. But you also really know what makes you tick. And I think that some people, I think that that's been um, – that's where I see students struggle is when they're trying to kind of play in a lot of different courts. Um, yeah. And maybe stylistically, they don't have something that is, is just there. We have five, we have four minutes now, so we are not going to, we'll have to do a part two, Brad, because there's way okay. too many questions, but that's all right. Um, I talk a lot. I'm sorry. No, these are, this was great. So you said that you kind of sit down and map out goals for the business and you do it on a quarterly basis. I'm just reiterating mm -hmm. yeah. um, at the beginning of the year, do you do something? So there's the feast mm -hmm. or famine, right? And yes. when you're in famine, you're like, reach out, reach out, reach out. Then you get a ton of work all at once so is yeah. that sort of more of where crystal kind of feeds it so we're going to do this now this may be um i mean she's also knowing what your work schedule is but she's y'all yeah. also have some personal projects some books that you're making and other mm -hmm. things that you're you guys are working on just the two of you together um and those kind of are part of that that, that plan because sometimes those personal projects get to be things that you can promote Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you, the, the biggest thing I think about personal projects, like we always say, like, I don't have time to do it, but you honestly do have time if you schedule it in like a project. Um, you just treat it like an actual paid right. project. And if you don't do that, you don't give yourself, you don't plan out milestones. You don't give yourself an actual deadline. You don't hold yourself accountable. Uh, you're never going to, you're never going to finish and you're always going to be like, I just don't have time. But you did because you sat down and did watch Netflix for a little bit. And sometimes you like, and that's fine. Like I, everybody needs to watch Netflix a little bit and just, right. you know, like uh, de-stress a bit. And I, and I get that, but for like, maybe for a little bit, you don't, and you give that up and you, and you make the sacrifice, you sleep just a little bit less, or even if it's like, okay, maybe I try to, there's a project that I have to do um, for a client. I think I can finish it in one hour than and in two or something like that. And if you just, put the timer on and really push yourself to finish in that hour. You have one extra hour that you can be spending dedicated on that passion project. So making that time is really, really important. That's what we've had to do. I mean, we did artists for education. We've done our Tata's gift on children's book and those were huge time consuming things. Uh, but we had to schedule them in like projects and make sure that we could afford to do that, which we had to supplement in other ways, but yeah, it's possible. So like with the time management, because it seems to kind of come back to that to some extent, you're scheduling your own time, right? Yeah. Crystal's not scheduling your time, how long things are going to take. <laughs> no, so yeah, some, yeah. Right? Not really. Just, to some degree, yeah. She's like, okay. Because like she does the financial end of it too. So she's like, you're going to have to like take on another project tonight. She's like, I'm, I'll totally take the kids. You need to sit home and work on this because we need <laughs> this money, right, for this month or whatever. But yeah, it, it's a lot of like, but in, I, I, I was smiling when you said that because she's been the, the biggest proponent of, it is nine to five. You don't go past five o'clock. You know, if you need, there's obviously like, you know, certain circumstances where you have to, but like our kids expect you at five, we are having dinner at five. And so, you know, you can work in the middle of the night later, which she still doesn't like, but if you have to, you can work in the middle of the night, but you need to do, figure out how to plan this out from nine to five. And that's been a huge thing working from home that, I had to, it's good for me because if I'm not structured, then I don't, I procrastinate a lot and I'll get sidetracked texting somebody like, Hey, how's your week going? And then I'll right. be like, Oh, I want to check my Instagram and maybe I should post something. And I get really distracted. Right. And so I start sharpening all my pencils. It's just all <laughs> those things are so much easier than tackling a big problem. So we always do those first. 
So, so Lorenzo has a question. He said, and I think yeah. I know the answer to this. Yeah. Do you charge hourly or per project? Per project. So the idea is that you still only have 24 hours in a day. And as the more experience you get, the projects possibly, you can't cut off some time. It just takes this amount of time. But as you get yeah. faster in certain things, you can make decisions quicker. You need mm -hmm. to finish this in an hour. And sometimes done is better than perfect. And sometimes yeah. when you're doing something like that, you just have to say, this is all I'm able to do in this, in this time frame, right? And, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And by saying, and you just kind of showed why hourly is dangerous is because mm -hmm. the better you get and the faster you get, the less you get paid. That doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> so, you know, as I'm getting, like, that's why project based and everybody knows what to expect and you can, and you and like you said, you know, what, what, how much time it generally takes you and sometimes you lose money, but you kind of overshoot to make sure you're, you're covered. But yeah, per project, I don't like doing hourly. But all. that's where your, your time, that's your light bulb went off in Boston when you yeah. saw what they were high, were, what a contractor was charging and mm -hmm. it was a per project. And you're like, yeah. holy moly, this is half my salary for the year or a right? quarter of my yeah. salary for the year. You know, that's what they get per hour, you know, or, you know. Yeah, you break it down in hours to make it to feel right. like, oh, it never really like breaks down like that. But yeah, it is. If you do it per project, it's a lot. It's a lot safer for you. You know exactly how much you're going to make. You don't have to do that weird like, this is how many hours it took. They're like, wait, right. that many hours? Yeah. But then there's also the the side of is it how much value is it worth for that client? Yeah. And so maybe the Skillshare wasn't a ton, but you had to put all that money out of getting the camera and all the filming and yeah. all the editing, which mm -hmm. was a lot of time. But the return on investment, the ROI was really worth it for you. Well, it's the same sort of thing with some projects that's going to be more value for some clients. And so therefore it is, you should charge more. But if you have some local plumber that needs you to do something, you can't charge them the same amount that you yeah. charge, but it doesn't mean you don't take on the work or, or, uh, the, you know, artist education. Those are all yeah. things that, uh, it, you know how much cost or time this is going to take and this project, you're not able to do other projects, but you're willing to make that sacrifice or, you know, you can take on another project because you're going to mm -hmm. sacrifice time somewhere else. Well, and each project should give you something, right? Mm -hmm. You should get something out of it. And it doesn't always have to be monetary right. value. It could be, um, emotional. <laughs> it could be just like you just really uh, like the cause uh, or right. it fits within like you're like it is a port. Don't tell me that it's going to be good for my portfolio. Let me know that. Like I can I can say that to myself and be like this is a great portfolio builder. Someone else tells me that I like, nope. <laughs> like, I'm like never going to pick up that project just because it's annoying <laughs> when people say that. You're trying to get cheap work out of me. But for me like that's one thing I do look at. Is it going to benefit me in the terms of like I'm actually be happy doing it? Mm -hmm. Is it gonna be something I could show off later that I want to say like I've done and get a bigger client? They don't know how much I got paid for this, you know. Right. So I, I can do that type of thing, or you know, maybe it is the money. Maybe it is. Um, I play that. There's a game called Careers. It's hidden under there somewhere. It's from the '70s. Is it from the '70s? I think '70s. Maybe even the '60s. It's like life, but way better. I try to explain the game, and everybody's like, "That's life." I'm like, "No, it is not. It is so much better." But it's a board game we played, and the whole thing is like you have to try to get your goal is to get a hundred points and you can divvy out the hundred points between fame, fortune and happiness. And yeah. so you, you are, so your whole goal is like, you can go certain paths through life trying to find more fame or more happiness. And you get to decide if you want 80% of it to be happiness, you know, and another 10% being fame and then 10% being fortune, you can divide it up that way or you can have like 70% fortune. 
everybody has a different goal, but I kind of do that like the inventory when I, when I hear a project being pitched to me or, or like, a, mm. you know, I, I'm like, okay, how is this going to benefit me? Is it going to tackle any of these three areas for me? And if it is, then I'll sacrifice money sometimes because I know it'll have an impact somewhere else. So I just shared a link to, I think maybe it's the name. Is the is it a white box? Well, mine's orange, but there's so many versions of it. Let me look. Careers. So, oh, yeah. That is the 1992 version. Yeah, there's that is the game. I wouldn't okay. recommend getting that one, but yeah. <laughs> that one's awful. <laughs> okay. The design is so cool on the original one. Yeah, well, this one doesn't look so great, uh, but yeah, I can imagine. Versions. Right, okay, so <laughs> more, more retro versions. That was the quickest one I could come up with, but no, I'll get fine. another one. Thank you, that works. So there's so many things we didn't cover and that I would love to uh, pick your brain again. So maybe we can schedule another one. Um, yeah. I want to make sure that people, so one thing is not only are you doing um, uh, projects like masterclasses with Dustin, just talking about the things that you've already done with him. You also have digital brushes that you, you created with Dustin. Yeah. And, you know, again, it takes some time and I have that link right here. And if you're listening, it's retrosupply.co slash collections with an S slash brave hyphen the hyphen woods. And if you probably, uh, or, or there's a, uh, another link right there. Is that the same thing? I'm going to put it no, over. That was, that was careers. <laughs> oh, that was careers. Okay. Okay, great. Good, good to know. I will, um, put that on there. Okay. Okay. Just putting it in my, um, so Jason said, he said his coworker loved your course you did with Dustin, by the way, Brad, she said she got a lot out of it. That's awesome. That makes me feel really good. We, we had a really rough start to it and we tried to apologize and we'll, we'll send out a more formal apology later, but we, we kind of took, I remember when we first started it, it was, this is our first time doing a live webinar uh, or live, yeah, live paid webinar like this, like a, and so we ended up treating it a little bit more loose and we were trying to more conversational answering everybody's questions as they came in and it and we had some technical difficulties and so we learned a ton from that one and we had some people that weren't weren't happy with it and so we wanted to like we felt terrible and we're like okay we have to re-strategize and so the next one i felt was way more successful it was way more organized we answered all the questions only at the end and we offered a ton of stuff to make sure that everybody felt like they were getting a lot out of it so there's this whole resource page that Dustin mm -hmm. put together and you have templates, you have, you got live, you got individual feedback, you got yeah. um, tons of recorded videos, tons of products from Retro Supply. It was just a, we tried to make it worth it. So I'm glad that, that those who were, were and Bear and Bill both said it was great. Absolutely. Oh, Erica that, said it was great. Learned a lot. Oh, good. Bill. Yeah. If this is the bill I'm thinking of, he made the uh, template for us for the little golden books. We oh, nice. Them, the little retro books. Yes. Uh, yeah, that is him. Okay, good. Yeah. He made it amazing. So you look at it and I think the hashtag, I'll find the hashtag again. Um, and so if you, you have a special link for di your brushes from retro supply, don't you? Yes. Let me so grab it. It is not working. The one you sent me, the collection slash brave the wood. So if you can send that to me and then we can share it, but I'm going to share oh. a couple other links for you guys right now. Dustin um, must've messed it up. <laughs> I, I just noticed that it says, uh, it says it's, it's 404 or whatever. So yeah, it yes. So one of the ways you guys can stay in touch with Brad is to subscribe to his newsletter, which you can go to this link that I just popped um, on here. 
and I am going to make sure that I have the right link. I think I already have it up. We send tons of free stuff on there. Every time we send something, so we send everything. The most you'll get is two times, uh, once every two weeks, you'll get a, you'll get a, a note from us, an email. And uh, some of it will be updates on what we're doing, uh, but a lot of it, but we'll also be giving like uh, coupon codes, promo codes for our shop, which is Brave Outpost, uh, which we're doing right now. Actually, it's Cyber Week. So we do, we're going to do Cyber Monday, but then we're like, we started it halfway through the day. <laughs> we're really late. So we're like, Cyber Week is 25% off everything. You use the promo code uh, Cyber25 in our shop, you get 25% off everything for this entire week. But we had the, uh, but from, but in the newsletter, we'll also, I'll be doing sharing tips and tricks, like videos and things that I don't share with the public. Uh, I'll be giving away like free um, back phone backgrounds, wallpapers that I've illustrated and things like that. So there's always something in there for you. Uh, it's never just sending it there and, and it, just for you to consume it. There's stuff for you to actually get free. So Cool. So then you can also look and you can shop at their store, braveoutpost.com. And there it is, is that link. I did share the Skillshare class. I'm going to share it again. Um, so it's just skillshare.com slash profile slash Brad hyphen Woodard slash nine zero nine nine five seven six all these links will be in the show notes if you're watching on youtube they're underneath if you're listening on itunes or wherever you get your uh, it's all underneath it's also on the page with the show notes um you can also follow him on instagram dribble and twitter and instagram and twitter are the same it's brave underscore the underscore woods can you give us tell us why it's brave the woods so why why oh, the yeah. word brave and why why being outdoors? I thought you were gonna say why is it brave underscore the underscore woods because everybody <laughs> freaking took it and then I look at these accounts they do nothing with them yes. on Instagram too it's the same way it's some like personal somebody has like twenty five followers or whatever and I'm like I need to just buy it off them um, anyway yeah That's brave what the woods hoping. they're probably they probably are hoping it's a private account um, yeah brave the woods was our attempt initially because it was Brad Woodard design. And uh, we wanted to keep, because oh, I was going through my personal work, and then we started, when I merged with Crystal, I did, we wanted to do something together. I was like, well, I don't want it just to be my name. Uh, but also, I was lazy and didn't want to change the logo <laughs> right away. <laughs> so it was BW still, Brett Brave the Woods, uh, with Brad Woodard. So that was kind of the thing. But the Brave the Woods was came from, like, looking at the, we just wanted to kind of a, a what do you call it, a call to action. Mm. So it wasn't just like when we, we put things on like products and stuff like that, it was more called actually had told a little bit more of a story than just the name of, I don't know, just a brand or like, you know, Woodard Design or whatever it was. And so, and, it, and we weren't sure what we wanted to be called because it's illustration now. We do a lot of other things. And so we wanted something kind of all encompassing and Brave the Woods is a nice action-based thing. That's, mm -hmm. those, we, we are very... Um, uh, adventurous and so that kind of felt like we've like our whole life has been just like moving and traveling and and so yeah it just felt like a it felt like it fit and brave the woods is the definition is the corny definition when you look up online like what's the meaning of your last name what mm -hmm. last name Woodard really means it's like guardian of the woods or something like that guardian of the forest and I was like that sounds corny but brave the woods sounds a whole lot better so yeah that's, that's what I Okay, so real quick, so you ended up going from Austin to um, Boise. Boise for the reason, tell them why. Uh, we wanted to get back to mountains. Mm -hmm. We wanted to get closer to family, but not too close, so they couldn't surprise us. We're eight hours away still. Um, 
Eight, five, and five hours. It depends. So we're, we're Boise's in a really interesting spot because we have family in Utah and in uh, and in in Seattle and Washington. So between we're right in the middle between both of those, and so we felt like it was a good spot where we kind of could still be our own selves, which is the reason why we moved all over, anyways. Uh, but now our kids are wondering, like, who are my cousins? And it's like, whoa, we should probably get closer. And they love their aunts and uncles and their grandparents. So. We moved in the middle between uh, most family, and then um, we like I said we liked the outdoors. And Austin was great, but it was it was always there, we didn't get the seasons and you didn't get the mountains. And I'm a backpacker, and but if you want to like business wise, it didn't seem like the best effort, like best idea because you know we had so many great connections in Austin and mm-hmm. people really appreciated and valued design in Austin, which made it easier to have local clients. Um, but and so Boise does not value design the same way. And that's why we're here to fix all that. Uh, but we, when we came here, a big part of it was financial reasons is we had a, we had a year that was uh, one of our, our lows uh, financially. And uh, it was during the election, the presidential election, which is, I think was an emotional low and financial low mm-hmm. <laughs> at that point. And so it was kind of a, it was just a bad year. And then we realized uh, if you know, Armin and Brianna Vitt, um, mm-hmm who do under consideration and brand, uh, brand new. Uh, they're, they're friends of ours in Austin. We became good friends with them. And I just remember Armin moving randomly to Indiana. Like I didn't, I was like, what? he's Bloomington, Indiana. And I was like, what was that about? It was just a huge change. They had this beautiful home in Austin. Uh, and they moved to like this older home that they're fixing up. It's still, it's a nice house, but they were fixing it up. And it just felt like just a weird really weird next step. And so I asked him about it and a big part of it for him was they kind of needed, uh, they wanted to reduce their overhead. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other reasons for that move. I won't like, I don't want to just, right, right. but that was one of their, one of the things that they're thinking about. I never really, I didn't really think about that. I was like in Austin, we've been paying like what we were paying and like property taxes were going up. Yeah. But I didn't really make that connection to like, Oh, that's another way. We didn't have to necessarily get more work we could actually lower our, our, our overhead and we can do the same amount of work we're doing. And even if it's, but then we can dedicate that time to more things like we need more family time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was a big motivator for him with his family. And so for us, we uh, kind of a gut check for us. We're like, okay, well, why are we here? We love it here. Mm-hmm. We love Austin. We love the people here. We have so many amazing friends, but we need to be here. Like, is this the only place we could be? And so Boise was that, that step where we're like, it's a lot cheaper to live. Um, but it still has like a, all the other things that make us happy. Uh, it just didn't just kind of, a, it was just a scary step, but now being here, we have a lot of local clients and it's good. It's been really good. A lot it's gutsy, but I think that it's really important that you are looking at those things and uh, you actually can work anywhere and you can still yeah. travel. And then you did this whole touring thing, which we're going to have to talk about next time, which will, allows yeah. you to kind of see a bunch of those people that you're friends with. And so I think that has been a really important part of you guys mm-hmm. as a married couple, you guys as a family, so that there's still this sort of adventurous spirit. And I think you going to Boise was really, um, it's really bold. It's really brave. It's, um, <laughs> but you still are able to do other things. So yes, I think it's really fantastic. Well, okay. So guys, I just, oh, thank you, Brad, so much. So, um, mm-hmm. and if you want to follow him on Dribble, it's just dribble with three B's.com slash Brad W Woodard, W O O D A R D. Okay. So, um, next week we have Alicia Cologne and she's a photographer, but she's also a paper artist. So I'm excited to have cool. her on. Um, and you can, 
I'm going to, I was going to, okay. So you can try audible and you can get two free books. You can buy the Divi uh, theme, which all these links are in the bottom, but you can also support the show on Patreon. Thanks to Will for um, being my first patron. And I'm just super thankful that you guys pushed me to do this. And I'm, I feel super loved from the patrons that I've got in less than a week. So I'm very, very thankful. You can support the show and I'll put the link at the bottom if I can find my uh, my piece of paper here that had my links. Um, it's just Diane Gibbs. If you search patreon.com slash Diane Gibbs with um, one N, D-I-A-N-E-G-I-B-B-S. Anyway, guys, Alicia Colon next week. I only have two shows in December. I only usually have one, but I'm really excited about the last show. But Alicia and I are going to be talking about self-talk. If you maybe aren't super nice to yourself sometimes, um, this might be a really good show because she's done some things and really adjusted how she's talked to herself and really um, expanded. She's gone out on her own freelance. And I think one of the big reasons was because some of the work she did uh, mental health wise. And I think sometimes we're really are a terrible fan for ourselves and it's really hard to get for, go forward. And we need these other people in our lives to support us, but we also really need to change some of our inner voice. Some of us have great inner voices, but some of us maybe don't. And yeah. I, I want to make sure we, I think it's a great kind of way to end the year. So I hope you guys will join me same time, same same link. You don't even have to click your email. You can just save the link. Um, but if you want to come live, you can always sign up. You can go to rechargingyou.com and sign up. But thank you guys so much. And I will see you guys next week. <laughs>